So I was thinking and I was wondering what 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 things you can say at dinner, but also in bed. And I was thinking, I like it a little bit pink in the middle. <laughs> or or uh, it would be so much more enjoyable if you'd put your fucking phone down. Surely you haven't had to say that in either conversation. Maybe at dinner. Well, uh, Mark, what have you got? Um, I would have gone for, how do you know you don't like it if you've never tried it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And my final one is, I'm sorry, I didn't quite take it out in time. (laughs) Uh, Which leads nicely into a quick announcement before we begin the show. Um, Heather gave birth to her beautiful baby boy today. Um, so we're recording this on the 29th of December. Um, Campbell Ash, this episode is for you and your kick-ass mother. Congratulations, Heather and family. And uh, yes, Campbell, welcome to the Euron Podcast family. Before I forget, you want to die tonight? The cheaper, nastier, the better for me. Would you have stayed after this? Sorry, man, I was completely off guard there. He's in his coffin. He's the undead. This was the best day of the film. This is not the last time someone's going to steal your man. Yeah, Mark's not a nice guy. Well, he didn't notice this scene. It looks like he's got an extra leg. Yeah, I've got nothing. I've literally got nothing here. Surely that'd be even worse. The more listeners we have, the worse that's going to be. Yeah, but I would just get a new phone. Oh, I tell a lie, actually. Yeah, because you used to have um, Teletext. Art the Clown makes Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees look like pussies. I can only assume that this was due to budgetary reasons and they couldn't afford enough extras. Are you going to have Buster Rhymes in your list of characters? Mate, I can't believe you don't know Idle Hands. I'm going to ram my foot down his fucking throat. <laughs> it was awesome. It fucking wasn't <laughs> awesome! Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to the You Run Podcast Horror Movie Review. My name is Scott. Uh, my name is Mark. And this is, yeah, I can't even speak. And if this is the first time listening to the show, we are horror movie review show run and controlled by you, the listeners. You take control of the show by following us on Instagram, where every Monday we start a poll on what movie we will review next. We also have lots of other interactive features like scoring the movie, three word review and our new feature for 2023. Hot takes. Excited. Yeah. Uh, If you want to take a more active role in the show, you can do that by calling and leaving us a voicemail. You can do it in the link in the episode description where you're listening right now, or you can do it at our website, yourunpodcast.com, or simply send in an audio DM message to us on Instagram. Um, We have lots of other social media too, and it's all at yourunpodcast. We're on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, Each week we take you through a movie that won the poll, uh, or a new release if the move so takes us. And this week, you're joining us for the conclusion to an ongoing battle between me and my co-host, Mark. Back in July, we reviewed a movie I dislike and Mark loves, which is Halloween 4. After immense pressure from the listeners to get it on the show, after I refused to even poll it. Um, Despite what Mark may lead you to believe, I came off of that episode with the upper hand. Mark conceded. Did you? You can see for the majority of that episode. Anyway, that led into a special episode in August where me and Mark pitted our favourite franchises against each other, his being Halloween and mine being A Nightmare on Elm Street. And that, I'm sad to say, Mark come off with a convincing win. You you took that one. I definitely took that one, yeah. You you did. 
which has led us here. Um, on that episode, we discussed the rankings of the franchises, and I ranked Halloween H20, 20 years later, my least favourite. Uh, shortly after that, I was forced to put it in a poll, and surprise, fucking surprise, it won. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. Here's the trailer. Nothing to fear. The coast is clear. Nothing's missing. They did a real number on your office. My office? Oh, there's crap everywhere. Got mail. Birthday card. It's only two months late. I'm impressed. Cash is good. I'm gonna need it when I go to Yosemite. You're not going. No, I'm going to Yosemite. No, you're not. Look, I know today is the day, but I think... Oh, really? What day is that, John? Halloween. Oh, I hadn't noticed. through with all that. Ronnie, the phones are out. There's a strange car parked down at the gate, but I can't seem to find any signs of trespassing. What are you doing? Hey. I'm just gonna go find John. Now, before we dive into the movie, we got a message and we got this before Christmas and it was meant to go on our Christmas bloody Christmas episode and I wasn't very well and I completely forgot. So apologies to the person who sent this message in, um, but here's the message we got. Hello, Scott. I've been quite busy. My schedule. It's a solving world hunger. Elon Musk <laughs> is not returning my calls and, well, self-loathing... Stealing Christmas. Oh, just a size. I can't cancel that again. <laughs> uh, Dave, the, thank you so much. The Grinch himself. The, the Grinch himself. Um, before we do get into the review, um, last year we had such a great response to Mark's recommended account of the week that I'm pleased to announce it will return throughout the whole of 2023. Um, so, Mark, who's the first account we're going to follow this year? Recommended account of the week. So the first account of this year is Hendrik Honk Nielsen. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, he's Swedish, so I'm sure at some point or another, um, Swedish horror nerd will come at me and tell me that I've pronounced that completely wrong. Yeah, Skarsgård. <laughs> Skarsgård. <laughs> but Hendrik Honk Nielsen, you can find him at Hendrik Honk on Instagram. He is a sculptor clay maker the only real thing i could use to describe it is um a diorama and my only real reference point for a diorama is what i've learned on the simpsons um it's like a 
it's like a 3D modeling picture, yeah. if you will. So yeah, I know he, what you mean. Yeah, so he clear sculpts, but he specializes in obviously horror and what I can only describe as dioramas. Um, he's got some incredible ones from like the Lost Boys. <clears throat> it says Cry Little Sister, this David like popping out from the frame of the picture. He's got some Friday the 13th ones, terrifying ones. There's a Killer Jaws one as well, which looks absolutely fantastic. Oh, the best shark movie. Uh, no, 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 no. Sadly, he hasn't done Deep Blue Sea, but I'm I'm living in hope. Um, it's done some great things. The thing as well, the thing one I know you'd like quite a lot. These are all hand created himself and then hand painted himself, and he takes you through the process of how he does them all on his on his stories and his reels and stuff like that. It's really really interesting. He's a really really talented man. So if you do like that kind of thing, or if you just want to buy any of his products, you can go go and follow him on his LinkedIn account and 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 find your way to Etsy or whichever website he is he's using to sell them all. But it's really, really fantastic stuff. Um, and I think he does commission pieces as well. So if there's anything in particular you want him to base a section of his artwork on, you could contact this guy, tell him that you're, I don't know, you do like a screen piece, and I'm sure he'd come up with something very fantastic for you to work with with that. Um, but yeah. I, I want a you-run podcast piece, you and me in our studios. That would be cool. I mean, I'm sure if we message him, we could we could get it. You would probably insist on that being shirtless, though, so I don't know if that would happen. 100% that's shirtless. It's a shirtless, shirtless, shirtless diorama. You have problems with being shirtless. We need to sort of work on that. But anyway, the guy is called Hendrik Honk Nielsen, and you can find him at Hendrik Honk, which is H-E-N-R-I-K-H-O-N-K on Instagram. So go, go and give him a follow. Yep, and as always, if you do go and follow him and you do like his content, comment and let him know that the Ewan podcast sent you there. As I mentioned earlier, you score the movies. Um, you do that on our Instagram stories. It's at You Run Podcast. They pop up about a week before we do the episode. Uh, it's a sliding scale, one to ten. And please, for the love of God, listeners, for the first score of the year, do not let me down and score this trash really, really high. What do you What do you reckon they've scored it? I reckon I would be surprised if this is anything lower than an eight. You've got to be very surprised. They scored this a seven out of ten. Oh, what? Yeah, I, I, I take that as an instant win. I don't know. That's still pretty high, man. That's still yeah. in like the top end. Anything but, less than a six would be worrying. Yeah, but I'm going to start this run through with a bit of a disclaimer. I hate this movie. It is the lowest ranking in the Halloween franchise for me. But that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I'm going to highlight the things I dislike as we go along but I'm not out to completely trash this film into the dust. I'm not, because I know that I there's lots of people who love it. I'm not going to let you do that to it either. So, But I am going to highlight the points that are bad and why they're bad and see yeah. if you have any counter-arguments to that. Probably not. I know this is flawed from start to finish, but it's yeah. still fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> Halla Scream is what it should have been called. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Uh, it's like a Everybody cheap... always says, like, oh, yeah, it's just trying to be Scream. That's a good thing to try and be. Scream, the original Scream's a fantastic film. Why not try and imitate greatness? Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get, in, we'll get into why a well-established franchise that has its own arc and its own story shouldn't try and copy something else because it's run out of ideas. We'll, we'll get now there. You say it, now you say it like that. Actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, we start off with Marion returning home from her job as a nurse, and she finds her house has been broken into. Uh, she goes next door, which called the police, and she bumps into a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt, 
uh, and his mate. And they call the cops. But Levitt decides that he's not going to wait and he's going to go in and he's going to investigate. My hate of this movie spikes here. Straight away. What's wrong with this bit? It spikes here with Halloween's first attempt to try and be like Scream and to try and be meta by sticking him in a Jason Voorhees mask. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Stay in your lane. <laughs> it's just a hockey mask. It's not even the same Jason mask. It's just a hockey mask. And he has a hockey stick because he's playing hockey. All right, I'll it's let it slide. Plausible. It's plausible. I but, like this opening scene a lot, though, because I think it's really clever the way that nurse Marion for making her return. Um, she she realises she's been burgled, and instead of doing this ter- the stereotypical slasher thing of going to investigate, she immediately blew up as a door and thinks, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> it just leaves. Yeah, she does. She, she, she doesn't follow through with her initial plan, but hey-ho. No. Um, he goes in and he finds out that the office has been trashed and he ventures into the kitchen uh, where he helps himself to some cookies and some beers from the fridge. What an arsehole this boy is. He's a boy. You're telling me you wouldn't be helping yourself to beer given the opportunity at that age? Uh, I don't know. If, thinking that it's going to be an active crime scene, I'd like to think I was aware enough not to go like chewing on cookies and like sticking my fingerprints all over the beers in the fridge. Yeah, we were very different kids when I was that age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dialogue when he's walking through the, the house is awful. Oh, it's hilarious, man. It's like, oh. hey, I've been suspended five times for getting a little bit too handsy with the club or whatever you call it, the stick. I was like, <laughs> so, what the fuck? If, if Myers was in the house, Myers would have given his position away because he'd have pissed himself laughing at the- <laughs> I'm sorry, what? You've done what with the stick? You what, little boy? You've been suspended. Oh, really? Oh, well, I killed my sister. Come here, let's have a chat. I've just Um, broken out of jail for being there for the past 20 years. Let's see what you've got. um, He comes out and he tells us that the office and kitchen have been trashed because when he jumps in the kitchen, he swings his hockey stick around and fucking demolishes everything. (laughs) Brilliant, that. That bit did make me laugh. He kind of does this jump and then, like, Almost turns into Hong Kong Fooey as he swings his stick around, takes all the pots and pans off, knocks everything off the side, and kind of goes, Ooh, Oh, okay. Um, and then he I want to know how long he's been in that house for, by the way, because when he goes in, it's broad daylight, and then as soon as he comes back out of the house, it's pitch black. <laughs> uh, the bit that did make me piss myself laughing, I laughed a lot because it was so much like me as a teenager. He tells Marion, like, Oh, they trashed your office. Oh, and the kitchen. And he's like, anyway, got to go. And as he walks up the drive with his friend, you just hear the bottles clinking. In his pocket, yeah. In his pocket, and that made me laugh a lot. Um, Marion now decides that she's not going to wait for the cops because this goofy little teenager's told her it's all clear. So she goes in and starts to have a look around. Yes. Why? Why? Because she's an idiot. I Is thought she... she was being really sensible early on, but she's, she's an idiot. Yeah. Um, the lights aren't working. And she is so stupid. Wait for the cops. You go in, the lights aren't working. Go back outside and stand there and wait. Because the yeah, cops the are thing, already on their way. The thing is, as well, like she goes in and finds like the kind of stuff that they've been rifling through. And it's like a Laurie Strode folder that's empty, which has obviously had the information taken out of it. And it's, it's purely just her office. And she's a nurse at a psychiatric unit. She clearly, like, it's not like they've gone in there for money. No, no. She starts looking around and then she get, she, she gets the most 90s flashlight I've ever seen. I had one of these in my house. Yeah. It's like... Big bulky thing. 
Yeah, it's about the size of like an A4 piece of paper with a massive lamp on the end of it. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like a car battery. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And we get a shot of Myers as he walks behind her and then he vanishes. Um, and she freaks out and runs to the neighbor's house. I was like, oh, finally, you're not as thick as I thought you were. Um, where she finds Levitt and his mate have both been killed. The ice skate oh, through the head was great. Brilliant, isn't it? I absolutely love that. The second kill fucking annoyed me. She opened the door and he fell on her. What, yeah, as, but Myers uh, does this, though. He sets yeah, up but, scenes like this, doesn't he? What's Myers been doing? Standing there holding him by the collar, waiting for her to open the door. And then when she opened the door, just let him go. Well, no, he kind of just pressed him up against the door, didn't he? And then Would he not just slide down the door and end up on the floor? <sighs> Fuck me, are you a doctor? Calm down. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so, so, so dumb. <laughs> uh, Myers appears at the doorway and stalks Marion through the house, very reminiscent of 78, and I liked that. I genuinely yes. liked that. Um, and to be fair, she puts up the best fight against Myers. I think any non-important characters ever put up. She punches him. She kicks him. She's not going down without a fight. No. Uh, and then he slits her throat. This effect made me want to die. It I is... didn't really pay much attention, actually. Is it really bad? Uh, I can't say whether it was or wasn't. It, it's like they've just like put red paint on the butcher's knife and then as he slides it he just like tips it so then bl- the blood runs down her neck as he like wipes it across her chin oh really oh <laughs> shocking <laughs> I, I, I can't remember how bad it was I didn't really pay much attention to it I'll um, be honest and then after Mike Myers has killed three people he casually gets in a car and drives down the road as the police arrive yeah yeah so I what? mean this is obviously the basic this is this is a scream called open, isn't it? I mean, it clearly doesn't have the same impact as Casey Becker in the original, but I think by re- bringing back an important character from the first two in the franchise to kill her off immediately in the first few minutes is is about as scream as this film could possibly be in the opening couple of moments, isn't it? Yeah, it gets a lot more scream as we go along. Yeah, but it's definitely noticeable here. I mean, even the lighting, the turn, the aesthetics and everything is... It's a dimension film. It's a 90s dimension film. And it's... The only thing that's missing is there was not like a knife down from Myers and then it come up Halloween. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Kevin Williams got his hand in this as well, hasn't he? So it's like... Yeah. It's, it's obvious this is the direction it was going to take. Yeah, it's, it's very, very screamy. And I'll be honest, that's probably my biggest flaw with it is that I don't watch a Halloween movie... To watch Scream, I watch. Scream I don't to watch either. Scream. Well, look, I don't look either. At, but look at I it this love... way: if Scream went down like the Halloween Kills route, which I think it might do in Scream Six, I'll be sat here going, "I fucking hate it." It's a Scream movie. Why is it trying to be Halloween? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But I love night. Like I grew up on '90s horror. This was my first introduction to the Halloween franchise, which I will get to later. How on. did this I'm become? Sure. How did this become your favorite franchise? If this was your introduction, I have an interesting story. One that I think I may have told on this show, like when I was a guest early on. But I'll tell it when I get to it. But this was the first Halloween film that I ever was introduced to, um, and I had to work my way back from this. Um, and I loved it, but I loved 90s horror. I loved I Know What You Did Last Summer and Urban Legend and obviously recently done episode Idle Hands. These are the films that I grew up on as a horror fan. So for me, this isn't necessarily a bad thing that it's like all of those. And, I, and I'm kind of more, I know I fall in the line of nostalgia with this film. And my yeah. love for it is nostalgia based, but... <sighs> 
It's fucking great, man. It's uh, so entertaining. For me, it's like it's like eighties light. Yeah, that's what I, it is. Yeah, it's it's like it's like I don't know. It's like non-alcoholic eighties. It's shit. <laughs> Um, we get the crime scene um, where we get the local detective explains that this was once Loomis's house and he was the Marion was his care provider. Um, they also joke about Maya still being alive and we see my, uh, Loomis's murder wall, um, which I, I like. I really, really like that. It's like everything that's happened in the previous movies. Uh, we get the opening credits as the title card hits and Loomis gives a voiceover. Um, this obviously wasn't Donald Pleasance because he'd passed away. Um, do you know who does the voiceover for this? No, but I would love it if you told me it was a guy who does the Texas Chainsaw Massacre intros. No, uh, it's Tom Kane. Uh, so Tom Kane is an incredible voice actor. Um, he'd done a lot of work with Star Wars and Marvel, um, worked with Nickelodeon, countless video games. Um, I knew him from a series my sister watched when we were growing up in the in the late 90s uh, which was the wild thornberries i love the wild thornberries who did he so, do in that darwin oh no way that's yeah. a bit of a leap isn't it from that to donald pleasant <laughs> yeah so he, he's done darwin he's done uh he voiced a couple of people in the lego marvel stuff so he voiced darth sidious and he voiced darth maul and he voiced yoda and uh, wow. i think i think he's voiced like five or six characters in spongebob including spongebob that's um, awesome. So he, he's brilliant. Um, our opening credits are very impactful. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie. This bit is awesome. The thing I paid attention to this time around, though, is the stuff on Loomis's murder wall is actually like behind the scenes shots of the films as well. Like some of it is like photos of the crew with the big main filming camera and stuff. Yeah. Like, and not, so it must have been like, an, I don't know the ins and outs of what the photos were, what they were supposed to represent, but whether this was like past crew members who had died and they wanted to pay homage to them or something like that. But it it was weird to actually watch it and look at it and focus did, on the photos did, this time around. Did you spot the photo of John Carpenter? No, I didn't. Oh, so I was on, really looking as well. On the wall, there's a photo of John Carpenter and he's pointing, like giving direction. And I was like, that's awesome. It, was like, yeah, wasn't, that cool. it wasn't the main article. It was like another article in the corner that said, like, director has his big break. Yeah, you see, that's why I was looking around. I was trying to focus on things that I wouldn't usually pay attention to, like the Myers drawing, because then you had news articles in the bottom left and things like that. And they're the ones I was trying to look out for, but I didn't catch the... Uh, the Carpenter one. I'll definitely go back and check that out though, because there's so yeah. much to digest just in that 30 second scene. There's a one huge thing I amount. wanted to say to you though is who do you know the detective's partner? Who is that dude? No idea. I see him in loads of stuff and he's the most oh what I know I've just come to me there. Do you remember in Scrubs and there's Dr. Mm. Kelso's little sidekick doctor who follows him around like a little lap dog. Oh, of course and he chucks biscuits to him and things yeah. in, in Journey's visions. <laughs> yeah, and he plays, he plays the same character in this, pretty much. It, exactly the same character. I could, for the life of me, when I was watching it today, I was like, I know you from somewhere and I just cannot think where. And then all of a sudden, it's just come to me now. The, the stupid thing is, watching this, this opening montage, I sat there and went, maybe I've judged this too harshly. I think maybe, you have. Maybe I was like, really, really too hard on this. Um, and then I realised I hadn't, as we get the most stupid POV ghost walk shot through a school at a principal office of Kerry Tate. Oh, we get the first look at Josh Hart, this horrific haircut, which I'm coming back to <laughs> later. Um, 
we get a god awful flashback of the wardrobe scene in 1978, which transitions into Laurie Strode waking up and screaming. And this is a straight rip off of another Wes Craven property, Nightmare on Elm Street. Leave other franchises alone. You have your own. It's just a dream sequence, man. Everybody has dream sequences in the films. I think you're trying too hard to take this down. No, no, I'm genuinely not. I, I this, this, the ghost walk and like you see like doors open but no hands touching them. I was like, fuck off. This is bullshit. Wes Craven doesn't own dreams, you know. Like people can still use dreams in their films. Do, do you know? I, I think if there's an argument to be had that Wes Craven <laughs> owns dreams in horror movies. <laughs> but, yeah, but, all right. That, that, that's, that, that, that's a t-shirt coming later this year Wes Craven <laughs> owns dreams in horror <laughs> I'd buy it um, we see Laurie struggling with life and her son who's I don't know I don't know he's kind of like he, he's just not believable the relationship and the dialogue with these two just felt so wooden and unnatural and I really have to disagree with you on that. I think that this is a very, very authentic portrayal of these two characters. I think the dialogue and the chemistry between them and the back and forth feels very authentic. Um, I have to heavily, heavily disagree with you on that. Really? Yeah, I do. I think that the character dynamic between the two of them works really, really well. I think Josh Hartnett's a great actor. Granted, he's very wonder in most of the things he did at this age in his life. Um, I don't think we really got much range from him until he started Penny Dreadful. <laughs> but I think he's great. I think he's very, very good at playing this sort of angsty teenager. And um, Jamie Lee Curtis is killer in this as Laura Strode. This is the best Laura Strode in the entire franchise, barring this, the original. This is the worst portrayal of Laura Strode I've <laughs> ever <off>. seen. <laughs> uh, honestly. Um, anyway, uh, let's see how much Halloween H20 can try and capture the essence of Scream. As we enter the school, um, the, it's lit the same way. It's presented the same way. All of the characters and the friendships are ripped straight from screen. Uh, we get a shot that shows Laurie hallucinating seeing Myers um, until like closing her eyes and convincing it's not real. Now, the friends are a group of four. You've got Hartnett, and then you've got a guy who's just like a randy wannabe. You've got a Neve Campbell lookalike, who's Hartnett's girlfriend, and then you've got a Casey Becker-looking character who's dating the Randy guy. Um, and he's Randy in more than one way, suggesting they have an orgy instead of going to the school trip in Yosemite. I think I'd rather go for the orgy. These girls are very, very nice to look at. Yeah, I, I, over a trip to Yosemite, I think I'd rather do lots of things. What is Yosemite? Uh, it's like a national is it like park. A, it's a national park. It's like where Yogi Bear lives. I think it is the park that you know. <laughs> Nice one, boo boo. <laughs> I'm going to steal a picnic basket. <laughs> um, I think this is where my problems lie early on. It's the blatant attempt to copy another successful movie. And it's not even the fact they're copying it, it's the fact that it comes so quick after screen. What they're trying to do is they're trying to capture and steal that audience. And what Halloween is known for is making a good fucking movie. And the, the majority of the Halloween is it? franchise... <laughs> is it? I would argue the majority of the Halloween franchise is pretty solid. Now, you that's know? what we need to get on a fucking T-shirt from you. Yeah, I, most, of, <laughs> most of them are. But this one, just trying to borrow everything else, it just feels like such a mishmash. It does, I think my problem is it doesn't feel like a Halloween movie. Myers feels like 
almost like they had an idea for a movie and then they just threw Myers in. Myers yeah, I think you're, I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. Myers is not a pivotal character in this film. In fact, there is so little attention to detail with the Myers character himself that he almost feels like, uh, like a literally like a side character, like he's not important. And <laughs> you can tell that by how many fucking different variations of the Myers mask there is throughout this film. Yeah, I think was, I've counted whichever one they six. grabbed from whichever one they grabbed from the storage at the time that they were filming. It was because this film was filmed so out of sync and so out of order <clears throat> that the Myers mask that you see throughout most of the time is the main one. But I think yeah, I think they had one original one that they filmed in like the first two thirds of the film, uh, the first third of the filming, which is like uh, I'll tell you when it comes in and out that you see it. It's like a very like it's almost like stuck to this guy, this actor's face. It feels very stretched and drawn in. Yeah. Then you get the CGI one later on, which I'll point out when we get to it. Um, and then you've got this main one that you kind of get, which came in at the end. So they had to go back and reshoot a lot of scenes just to add this in. But it's so funny because you get scenes where it's the mask that you see most of the time, and then you get like a flash cut in between different scenes. Instead of refilming the whole scene again, they've just they've just done bits. They've just done bits and hoped that people wouldn't see. So he's wearing a mask when he stood up, and then he's wearing a different mask when he's on the floor, and then he gets up and he's wearing a different mask again. It's brilliant. I fucking love it. Um, but yeah, back to your main point. <laughs> this could have quite easily not been a Halloween film. <clears throat> yeah, um, it, it, it easily could have been. It's just a generic slasher. It's a generic slasher, which will get. I will bring that full circle as well with my story that I'm going to bring up when we get to it of how I was introduced to this film and why I thought it was just a generic sl- slasher. Because Michael Myers is not pivotal to this story in no, the slightest. Not at all. Um, we cut to Highway 139, North Carolina. And I know this because they put it on the bottom of the screen, which, again, I hate. I don't care what road we're on. I, I give a shit. We can bet any road. Um, and we meet uh, a woman who's taken her child to a highway rest stop. Um, did you notice the truck she was driving? No, but it was a lot fucking cooler when I saw Myers getting it. I was like, that car's awesome. She should not be driving that car. Uh, it's a recycled prop from Halloween 4. It's the one that the old preacher drives. <laughs> oh man this film's so meta which they just really fucking i looked at it and went is that and then i went to google and went oh it is oh fuck's sake um, excellent so this is a gordon green film before gordon Greve even was about but yeah this is a gordon green film not done as well as gordon green done it bollocks this is... man this is what gordon green lives for he ripped this entire film off this whole toilet scene now he literally took it and redid it he took it, funnily enough, further in my notes, he said he took it and he done it better. <laughs> um, uh, the woman looks, so they go into the toilet and they can't get into the women's toilets. They go in the male's toilet and they prop open the door. Um, when they're in there, the door slams shut and the woman's looking through and she sees Myers, um, who's turned to petty crime to fu- fuel his murderous ways as he steals her handbag. Yes. And I was like, that's not very Myers-y. Um, and then for some unknown reason, he leaves them both alive. I just thought it was weird. It just didn't sit right with me. Myers doesn't do that. Yeah, but it's a kid, though, isn't it? Yeah, but the mum wasn't a kid. Then again, you say that. He spent the entire fourth and fifth film trying to kill a kid, so I don't really know where I stand with that argument. It's probably funny. He started his entire franchise by killing a fucking kid. (laughs) His sister was a kid. Yeah, all right, okay. Yeah, Um, this makes little to no sense. I don't understand the logic behind 
or at least even killing the mum and leaving the kid there would have made more logical sense. But yeah, it's 90 slashes, and in all respect, 90 slashes are actually rather tame nowadays. If you go back and watch a lot of them, they're pretty fucking tame. Yeah, this is really tame. I mean, he, he steals the keys and then he goes and gets in the H4 weird Jeepers Creepers van and, and drives off. Um, this scene adds nothing apart from to fill out time. Um, yeah. This movie is an hour and 26 runtime full. That includes seven minutes of credits. Yep, It's lacking a lot and they needed filler scenes like this to drag the poor fibre of a story they had through into a feature-length movie. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, we even started recording, I remember saying to you, there's not a lot of substance to this film. This is Halloween, page 20. This is the return of Jamie Lee Curtis. This is the return of Laurie Strode. There this is, is a massive... Story. <laughs> there is, is a massive story to this cash film. grab. <laughs> there is literally no plot to this film whatsoever. I mean, there is but it needs a better writing team to see it executed oh, properly because it literally, I remember clocking in at about, I think it was about 40, 50 minutes and we haven't seen a single on-screen kill no. by the time we get there. And I, and I was looked at my clock and I was like, holy shit, like we've got like 20 minutes left to go. And that's did you including sit, credits. Did you sit there and go, holy shit, Scott's going to rip this to bits. <laughs> oh yeah, I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a school assembly where Laurie is giving the students the rule of their school trip. Um, I'm not going to lie. I found Laurie Strode or Jamie Lee Curtis pretty hot in this scene. I quite like her. Stamping She's amazing. Down her, rules She's are, amazing. her rules are shockingly shit. Yeah. If I was a teenager, these rules would not be making me smile. No sleeping bag hopping, no drinking, no drugs, no fun, no nothing. You go to the park, you look at the trees, you come home. Like, <laughs> fucking No. <laughs> Um, she's a principal she has to she has to set ground rules yes and this is where we meet her love interest who is the most budget jeffrey dean morgan lookalike they could possibly have found <laughs> i like him he looks like something from Grey's anatomy oh his acting is so bad honestly it hurts my soul mm. this guy is dreadful also they kiss and i don't know if you paid any attention to the kiss she gets very tonguey and i was like this is a bit gross. I, I thought he was very much like, this is the only chance I'm going to get to kiss Jamie Lee Curtis, so I am going to try and eat her entire face. Yeah, but she behaves like a woman who's been married for 20 years and thinks this is the only opportunity I'm going to get to kiss another man because she is, like, necking on. Do, do like, we think, licking his chin and stuff. I'm like, ah! Oh. Do, do we think they would get, get doing the dirty off screen? No, probably not. She's just sass as fucking she's, Jamie Lee. Yeah, I, I, I reckon he definitely went home and beat his meat a couple of times after filming these scenes. <laughs> Dude. Oh, welcome uh... to the You Run podcast. Um, <laughs> after their terrible kissing, she says that she needs a day off and she can't be doing all this kissing and tonguing and stuff and she's going to meet him for lunch at one o'clock. We now meet security guard and struggling writer Ronnie, played by LL Cool J. Honestly, I would have taken a movie about this guy becoming a writer over what we get. He plays the same character and everything. He's awesome in this, don't get me wrong. He's, He's just as awesome in Deep Blue Sea as his struggling chef. Uh, I Literally, my next line is, not quite as good as he is in Deep Blue Sea, the second best shark movie, but it's a solid <laughs> performance. <laughs> oh, fuck I, I love LL Cool J. I, I really think he's great in everything he does. He's very, very one note. You know exactly yeah. what you're going to get. 
and he's the prototype for Buster Rhymes in Resurrection. Yeah. Oh man, no, Buster Rhymes then got shit on Elton Paul during this. I mean, he's very quippy. His long liners are perfect. He's he kind of reminds me of that sort of trouble TV era character where you've got like my wife and kids and. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He feels very at one with that sitcom starring role. Didn't he have his own sitcom anyway, like that? I think he did. I'm pretty sure he did. I think in the 90s, LL Cool J had everything. He'd done everything. He was fucking yeah. everywhere. He, yeah. he he was like the virus of the 1990s. Anything you switch on had LL Cool J going, yo. Yeah, well, ladies love Cool J, don't they? <laughs> not, not being funny. I imagine there's a lot of men who love LL Cool J as well. Have you <laughs> seen his six pack? No, I can't say I have. Okay, your your job before this goes out is to go in fact I'm gonna put it in the story when we release it. His six pack is like I don't know, it's like Peter Andre level good six pack. I can't imagine it's like that now. Uh, no, I imagine he's got the same six pack I've got now. Like layered with about eight inches of fat. How bad is it that it only took this episode for me to realise that LL stands for Ladies Love Cool James. So his name is LL Cool James. But it's ladies love cool James. His name's James. I'm I'm slightly ashamed you're my co-host. <laughs> I know. Um, How bad is that? That's really uh, bad. Um, his <laughs> wife is moaning at him to stop be, trying to be a writer. And why she's having this conversation, we get Hartner and the Randy wannabe um, pop in and ask if he can open the gate so he can get a gift for his girlfriend. He says no, but he's incredibly shit at his job and eventually caves and lets these two students out of the school. Best line in the film, comb your fucking hair. Yes, and I'll get to that in facts, because that was not in the script. I know it wasn't either. Uh, in the town, Laurie arrives for a lunch date with the budget Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, while she hallucinates Myers again. Um, this is as dumb as Ghost Billy in Scream 5. Oh, I don't it, know. It's not that bad. Ghost is, Billy in Scream 5 is fucking diabolically bad. Yeah, it is. Kill You're the daughter of a serial... No, I'm not going there. Here's that um, knife I hid behind the curtain 30 years ago before we renovated the full building three times. It's still there. They never found it because they never changed the curtains. <laughs> Fuck Scream 5. Um, <laughs> uh, after a fill scene of our lunch, we get a cameo from a, a character in a ghost, fa- ghost face outfit. Did you spot this? No. So it's a character dressed as the Grim Reaper that attacks a woman and pushes her against the car because it's, it's oh, Halloween. Um but when he turns, if you go shot by shot, because I'm sad like this, and I did, he's wearing a screen mask. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I like I like Jamie Lee Curtis in this scene as well. Though. I think this is the best. Like, if you've endured and suffered the sort of trauma that she had in the previous films, I feel like this is the most fitting portrayal for her character to be in this stage in her life. Like, the Gordon Green's fucking Rambo recluse, where she's chiseling weapons with a fucking pen knife and setting yeah. up booby traps like the predator's coming for her it just is unrealistic but this version of her character just feels more natural and authentic what, like an, emo- she would an emotional dr- wreck an emotional wreck yeah you would be you would be um thing is you say she's an emotional wreck but she is until she spots her son out on the street um, and she goes off on him way too harsh. And I'm guessing this is partially down to the half a bottle of wine she necked at lunch. Yeah, she went that. She went hard at dinner, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. I, lunch date, she has like a full glass of wine. We're not talking like a proper measure, a full glass of wine. Then she bitches at the guy that she wants another one. He looks at a glass like, you've not drunk that. And she's like, I said now. 
before her, before her boyfriend comes back and sees that she's ordered a second glass. Yeah, and then she necks it, and the second one comes back and she necks that as well. And she then goes straight outside and starts screaming at her son. Uh, I love how the um, I love how she, the, she catches them both and she tells the other kid, I can't, I can never remember that other kid's name. I want to call him Alan because it's a kid from Jumanji. It's I Randy. can never remember. His, it's not Randy from Scream either. What's his name? You know, I, I, you've I, got better notes I, than I. Have. I don't know. It just says Randy in my notes. <laughs> well, Alan from Jumanji, and she's like, "Oh, you go wait in the car. I'll be there in a minute." And as soon as he walks off, she just turns and just goes, "What the fuck." <laughs> And that is a genuine mum response from that yeah. time period. Yeah. The amount of times yeah. my mum had gone, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, Craig, if you, if you just go and wait outside, oh, Scott will be out in a minute. As soon as the door closed, what the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> that that was genuine. I'll, I'll give her that. Um, this is where I'm going to talk a little bit more about the hair. Because he stood right in front of a fucking barber's. She's going off at him for being out of the school. What she should be going off about him is his hair and spinning his ass around and sticking him in the barbers behind him. I don't understand what the deal is with his hair in this area of his life. Because, like, isn't this, like, a, a, a choice of his as an actor as well? Uh, yeah, this wasn't... Uh, it wasn't It wasn't scripted that he had shit hair. He just had shit hair. I think he'd done, like, that thing where he'd been, like, wearing Benny hats in between takes and stuff like that. And when he took his hat off, he just had hat hair. And then even though like the cast and crew was trying to sort it out, like no, sort your hair out. I was like, no, 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 I'm an artist. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dickhead. <laughs> not, not being funny. No amount of fucking hair gel would sort that out. Is it as bad as that in the faculty? I can't remember. Yes, it's equally. It is, as bad. It is bad. Yeah, it's bad in the faculty as well, isn't it? Yeah, Josh Hartley, you have shit hair. I'm, I don't know what you look like now, but I'm hoping you've Im- improved it since. Yeah, he has super long hair. Have you seen him in Penny Dreadful when he plays a werewolf? No. Oh, mate, check it out. It's so cool. He's great in that as well. Um, he does fight back, though, saying he's not responsible for her, blah, 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 all that kind of normal teen angst. Um, this scene, again, for me, was just, it was devoid of emotion. It was just two really good actors just shouting at each other. I didn't feel any connection there. I just felt them, just two people just screaming at each other. I didn't. I didn't click with it. I just don't get why you would say that. That, that. It brings me back to their earlier interactions at the beginning. I just, I feel like this was a very authentic play on how this would unfold in this situation. And I think the two of them together worked really, really well. I'm, I'm really amazed of all the things I expected you to go off on about this film. That was definitely not one on the list that I thought you yeah, would say. I, I just don't, I just don't feel the connection there. I feel very much like this is, Jamie Lee Curtis screaming at Josh Hartnett and vice versa, as opposed to mum and son. I don't get that vibe. But I, I think there's lots of rumours that there was a bit of canoodling between the two of them as well, which I know about, which also kind of makes me go, eh, I don't see the mum and son. really? Apparently so. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, would, I think she's amazing. Yeah, fucking fair play. This was around the True Lies era. Yeah, 100% True Josh Lies, Jamie Lee Curtis was yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, if it did, as I say, they were only rumours at the time. And if Josh Hartnett did achieve that amazing feat, well done, sir. Yeah. Well I would have put it past her. Either. Like I said already, she's sassy as fucking shit. I, I, I reckon she's down. Yeah. Can you say that? Can you say I reckon she's down? <laughs> oh, you just did. You just did. And I'm not feeling well enough to edit this out. And if anyone hears any coughs in this episode, I am suffering with many, many ailments at the moment and drinking hot whiskey to make myself feel better. Scott has man flu. Yes. Uh, and again, if there's any slurring in this episode, I take no responsibility. I, I blame my cold. 
Um, Laurie takes the kids back to the school and is followed by Myers. Um, as the most paranoid character ever created, how the fuck did she not spot the Jeepers Creepers van following her up the road? And parking she right behind though? her. She's hallucinating Myers and necking bottles of wine like they're fucking lemonade. Yeah, that's just PTSD, though, isn't it? I wouldn't necessarily say she was like... Like you say, she's not fucking Gordon Green Rambo, is she? She doesn't... She's hiding away behind locked gates, fearing for her life. I don't really know if she's... I don't know. Maybe you are right. Maybe she should have... I mean, the way they filmed it and the way they staged it on screen, you fucking couldn't miss it. (laughs) No, he's pretty much stood behind her with his arms in the air going, Hi! He might as well have put his fucking hazards on his Jeep the way he pulled up behind her at the gate. Yeah, exactly that. Um, she tells off Ronnie, um, and then life goes on, but not before Ronnie attempts another meta quote, calling her psycho as she drives up the road. Yes. Love it. Oh, she didn't Love land. It. She's bad. Love it. I just went, oh. Oh, oh. How miserable were you when you watched this film for this episode? <laughs> I, I was very ill when I watched this episode, when I watched Stop this film. <laughs> um, anyway, Casey Becker is in the um, in baking in what looks like a 15th century scullery kitchen, uh, which has a dumbwaiter, which some flowers are delivered down with a map to a secret place. Um, she follows the map through the bowels of the school where Hartnett jumps out on her. Um, he set out a romantic table in the basement. And he starts saying that he never celebrates Halloween before giving her the back plot of his family history. Again, I thought this was weird. These two have been dating a while. Surely she'd know that by now. Uh, would she, though? It's like it's a big not, family secret thing. It's, like, not, really a, it's not really a romantic date kind of thing to chat up. If you're trying to get your end away, you don't go, by the way, I have a psychotic uncle who turns up pretty much every Halloween and tries to kill us all. Well, he's only done it once. No, this is true. I suppose for him, he's not done it at all, has he? He's not done it at all, no. And he's only done it once for Jamie Lee Curtis as well, because that all part one and two took place on the same night. Yeah. Um, we cut to class where Casey Becker spots Myers outside, um, and they're learning about Frankenstein. And this is foreshadowing as she explains that Frankenstein needs to face his monster. And this is yes. all about Laurie facing her monster, which had it been handled a little bit more delicately and not in such a fucking ham-handed smash-you-in-the-face kind of way, would have been really nice. Really annoyed me as well. She was like, Frank, Frankenstein, or something like that. Like, yeah. fuck off, he's Frankenstein. Stop being a knob. Um, it's after this class that Laurie tells Hartnett that he can go to Yosemite. And he's like, yeah, yes. great. Apart from I've already got plans. I just want to point out as well, we get asked, look at the second mask introduction when um, Casey Becker is looking out I'm going to go with you on this and I'm going to call it Scream Characters just because I don't remember their names. Casey Becker is looking out and she sees Myers at the gate. That's the second variation of the Myers mask we get so yes. far. Yes, it is. The school empties onto the buses for the school trip, excluding the four friends. So so Laurie, Ronnie, Pound Shop, Jeffrey Dean Morgan um, are also... <laughs> well, he is. That's what he is. Um, they're also there. So we've now set the scene for the finale. We've got our our six cast members. Uh, Have we, we had get... the scene with um, with no. Jamie Lee's mum yet? Right now. Um, oh. We get the only scene that lands perfectly. Um, and this is just, just shows how legendary that Janet Lee is. Um, she arrives hitting us with the line, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Quality. Harken back yeah. to the original. Um, before she goes down the route of hate seeing Laurie so down and miserable in the dumps and she wants her to be 
to be happy. Um, this scene is perfect. This yeah. scene is absolutely spot on. Um, for good measure, she wishes Laurie happy Halloween before getting into the actual car from Psycho. Yes. The I think it's correct. Perfect meta scene, just delivered excellently, and that is entirely down to Janet Lee. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, it was nice to see mother and daughter on screen as well. Two horror scream, 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 two scream queens, two scream queens. Um, That sounds like something else. (laughs) Scream queens. They'll tie mine to the internet. Fuck you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was nice to see those two on screen together and have that moment. And then, yeah, it was just topped off so nicely by seeing her get in the car from Psycho as well. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that this was brilliant. I can't, I can't knock this, and I don't think I've been able to knock anything Janet Lee's done. Um, we done Psycho on the show before you become part of it, and as much as I bashed on that movie for it being dated and things I didn't like, Janet Lee is perfection from start to finish. She's she's an incredible actress. Yeah, she is phenomenal, phenomenal, and uh, yeah, rest in peace, Janet Lee. Yeah, um, all the buses leave, and Myers drives up to the gate. Ronnie is in the guardhouse and he's reciting more of his racy novel to his wife over the phone. I love him. I love these scenes. I would love to read his novel. Oh, a hundred melon breasts. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no one says that. No one's got juicy breasts. He's like, yeah, they have. They have. It's in my book. Just let me let me finish reading it. It's great. Uh, Myers rocks up and Ronnie goes to investigate. We get a bit of cow, cat and mouse with Myers and Ronnie. Um, which is the only time in the whole movie I found Myers actually threatening when he's doing what Myers actually does in Halloween movies, where he he stalks and he's there, then he's not there, then he's there, then he's not. That I thought was great. And like the shots of where Ronnie turns around, he's like in the window behind him and Ronnie yeah. turns around as he walks off and then Ronnie turns back around, and he's back at the window. That's great and looks brilliant. Until he accidentally like walks into the wall and alerts Ronnie. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, most stupid thing ever. He literally walked into the side of the window to alert Ronnie. I was like, you know. Well, it's like that scene from Star Wars where the stormtrooper walks into the fucking door closing and he uh, his head. And that thing, that thing with the head banging, that's become such a meme. If anyone's a Star Wars fan, you watch any of the Lego Star Wars stuff. Every single Lego Star Wars game or movie has got a stormtrooper that hits their head. Oh, really? Yeah, it's become a thing now. Um, the phone goes dead and Ronnie walks off into a wooded area and I was worried they might kill him off. But I then, I remembered that Myers is a killer shark and Ronnie's pretty handy at dealing with killer sharks. He's fucking very handy at dealing with killer sharks. Some of the most fearsome killer sharks put to screen. We could say the the second scariest killer sharks in any shark movie. (laughs) If we don't get Deep Blue Sea on this show soon, I'm going to fucking lose my mind with you, honestly. Um, we see Laurie lock up and leave for the night, um, and we see Myers outside. She does her eye-closing trick again, and then opens him, and he's still there. And then instead of going, oh, actually, that might be Myers, she closes her eyes again, and then opens him. And she does this about three times, and Myers is looking at her going, you're fucking mental. And he just walks off and leaves her, like blinking <laughs> into the distance. <laughs> Is it, so this, this is story time. This is the point that I was referring to earlier. This was my first introduction to Halloween. Um, this was the first film I'd seen. I had no prior knowledge to anything else in the franchise. It was literally 
going into this blind. I didn't know it had any previous films or any follow-up sequels. I didn't know Michael Myers was a character. So I just thought this was a slasher film. So I'm still trying to figure out who the killer is throughout the whole film. I'm like, oh, it could be him. He might be Michael Myers. Oh, he might be Michael Myers. And I had it pegged as being her boyfriend all the way through the film up until this point, even including this point, because he, as it's walking closer and closer, he, he sort of appears out of the darkness, doesn't he, I think? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like for me, this was such a wild experience watching this film the first time around because I didn't know that Michael Myers was was not a thing. I, I just assumed it was like a, a who's done it, like most 90s slasher films. So you're trying to figure out which one of them is going to be the one wearing the mask, like a Scooby-Doo mystery at That's the end. That's brilliant. Oh, mate, it was insane. <laughs> and it wasn't until like afterwards that I was like, oh, so there's like, previous films and and there's yeah, more there's films like, to it what there's six more of these before this oh my god yeah so so this was my first introduction to halloween and this was a jarringly jarringly weird thing to watch thinking that i was trying to figure out who the killer was all the way through it yeah and if i'm honest if i picked this up first and had no prior knowledge of halloween i probably would have a lot more affection for it than i do yeah and the thing is as well we spoke about it earlier and how generically slasher this is and 90 slasher it is it falls perfectly into that character. If you didn't have a Michael Myers mask on this guy, it could be any story. It could be anybody, and the story would work still the same as yeah. it does. Yeah, it would. Um, we get something now that I actually quite like. We leave the um, before we leave the campus. We go to the dorm room uh, where we get the Sydney Prescott wannabe who's watching Scream Two, Meta, <laughs> and Buffy from Scream Two, and you hear, "Do you want to die, Cece?" Can be clear as day. Yes, brilliant. I, I actually yeah. liked that. Yeah, because like we have that. in the original Scream 1, we get the Halloween film. In. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently this nice is touch. something they wanted to put um, They wanted to put Scream in the latest Halloween, and Scream said no. Oh, what, the Golden Greens, they wanted to use it? Yeah, and Scream said, the, the production company of Scream, which I believe is now Paramount, said no. All right. I can understand Ooh. why, though. I could get it. I could get it. It's annoying, and, and it... Like, as oh. much as we're like, oh, this was quite cool. But it is fucking a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I quite liked it. And the, the fact they've both franchises have already established that the other franchise is a movie in their world. I don't see why it would be an issue to do that. No, no. Because didn't they go with the thing, John Campton's the thing in the end? Yeah. Would it have been the same scene, do you know? Is that the scene I, they wanted to use it for? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming so. I'm assuming so. <laughs> Um, we get the teens, well, the four remaining ones, sneaking out of the school, um, left completely unattended in this massive fucking school, I might add, which yeah. I found bizarre. This school is like 300, 400 pupils. There's not a soul there apart from these four teens are just left to their own devices. Well, no, um, Curtis is there and then the side, uh, boyfriend psychology guy is supposed to be there. Like, Because there's only supposed to be two of them, isn't there? Oh, no, there's three of them supposed to be there. Josh yes. is supposed to be at Yosemite. Yeah, the other two are supposed to be ill, and Alan from Jumanji had failed his. He forgot to hand his, forgot to air quotes yeah. hand his history reporting, so he could stay behind too. Yeah, uh, and the idea is so Laurie and her boyfriend are in like like a little house on the grounds. Yeah, and they're but keeping they're, out watch yeah. for them. Well, they're they're trying to have sex on the sofa, so kind of. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind then, of yeah, bothered. They give the um, we get the teens have the most fire hazardous party in the history of forever. Um, I paused this when they were setting out candles. So you get a scene where they've got this one corridor 
There is over a hundred candles. No teen has got the patience to light 100 candles. Um, also, their music choice here is fucking abysmal. It's Creed. It's Creed all the way through this fucking film. That's all it is. It's just Creed. I think Dimension must have had some sort of fucking record clause with Creed because they play them in everything. Scream, and the faculty, you name it. It's Creed, Creed, Creed all the way through those films. I apologise if you're a Creed fan. They are fucking dreadful. They are fucking dire, grunge, emotional, depressing Ooh. fucking shit. And this is coming from someone who loves grunge and is a massive Nirvana fan. Creed are not even on the same level, even slightly. Uh, go with some Pearl Jam. At least Pearl Jam have a similar vibe, but are better. There goes 10% of our listeners. Uh, hope you <laughs> find another horror, hope you find another no horror podcast to, you like. There's no way 10% of our listeners like Creed. Do you, I hope not. Um, so their, their party, this just wound me up so much, consists of a single bottle of wine that they stole from the shop in town and the leftovers from the canteen. There's four yeah. of them. It's a single bottle of wine. Oh, but when we were kids and we used to get drunk in the park, we could do it on a single bottle of um, Jack Frost. I think it was Jack Frost, white lightning cider. Yeah, but that's different. This is a bottle of wine. This is four yeah. glass. Heather Silman would have demolished this fucking bottle and just left these three others like sat there with nothing. Oh, I don't know, mate. She's just had a baby. She hasn't had a drink for nearly a year. <laughs> See how yeah, she but, does on her first episode back. <laughs> but when she when she was a teenager, in this scenario, she'd be like, get the fuck off my bottle of wine. Go find some more booze for you lot. <laughs> I'm expecting her to come back on her first episode, do half a bottle of wine, and then recite Twilight word for word. <laughs> I hope she does. I really hope she does. Um, it's in this sort of... Uh, it's in this kind of... So Laurie's in the house and she's telling the story... She's confessing to her boyfriend now of who she is. Yeah, she's not this. Past. Yeah, she's telling everything about her past, and he's like, "And how old were you?" And this is where she spots a seventeenth birthday card on the mantelpiece, um, and then she freaks out because this is the age she was in nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah. She tries her phone, and it's dead. At instant, she goes, "Oh, Myers is back." Um, <laughs> she grabs her gun and set off, sets off to the school. Also realizes that Josh Hartnett didn't go on his trip. Um, she opens the door and is confronted by Ronnie. And it was only at this point that I realised the house was on the grounds. Yeah. Up until this point, I thought she'd gone, like, home and just left these four kids in the school on their own. No, it's a gated community. She lives within the school. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, back with the teens, Randy wa- Wannabe has wandered off to get something. Um, and Sydney Copy goes looking for him. Uh, I was expecting him to be dead. But he jumps out and scares her. Uh, he couldn't find a corkscrew for their single bottle of wine, so he jumps in the dumb waiter and goes up the skirt, up the wheel, like yeah. pulls himself up, saying the words, "I'll be right back." Fuck this guy yeah. and fuck this movie, idiot! As if he's doing. Why would you even say that? Why would you even say that? He's watching Scream two earlier on. Well, he's not personally, but Scream is clearly in this universe. Yeah. Why would you say those lines? It just, I to, to the point, I just, I literally, I had my notes on my lap and I threw them on the floor. Fuck this. How dare Surely you? not. This was all right. This was how, how, how dare you say the words he said? <laughs> Surely you can't have been that fucking angry about it. <laughs> I was so annoyed. I was so, so, so annoyed. Um, anyway, he finds a corkscrew and drops it down the waste disposal as soon as he grabs it. And he's trying to fish it out. And this is when Myers pops up behind him. CGI um, Myers. 
so bad oh, CGI, oh. bad CGI Myers. Oh man, this is insane. Why the fuck did they do this? I'm not sure. There must be a reason, but I don't know I why. Think, I think coming back to what we were talking about earlier, I think they've got the one mask that was supposed to be filmed later on. And I think they couldn't refilm this scene. And I think the mask that they maybe used to film this scene with Alan from Jumanji was um, the one that they didn't go with in the end. So yeah. rather than just refilm that scene, they tried to do it in post with CGI and it looks fucking abysmal, man. It, oh, it, it is look, the worst I've ever seen. It looks like a TikTok filter. It's oh, terrible. It's so bad, so bad. Especially now in like 2023. Happy yeah. New Year, everybody. Um, it, it looks insane. It really does look insane. It is shocking. <laughs> uh, we jump downstairs and Sydney is... Um, the lights have stopped working. And the dumbwaiter comes down and we see dead Randy Wallaby inside. inside. Um, another off-screen kill. So this is the point where it dawned on me that I've not seen Myers kill anybody yet. No, no. It's, and she has all... the best kill as well. She has, oh, well, at least the best kill of attack kind of thing. Nobody actually dies on screen in this film. Um, no. But she has the best sort of attack chase sequence and he chases her into the dumbwaiter, uh, traps her leg. Her leg gets fully mangled, which is fucking brutal. That looks brutal. And, yeah, and the effects work that he used in it is so good, which is what's disappointing about the fact that we don't see anybody die on screen is because when the effects works come into play, especially in this scene in particular, they look outstanding and it's so disappointing that this could have been done better. I mean, Hartnett's killed off screen. Not Hartnett, sorry. We get Gordon Green early on. Oh, I keep saying Gordon Green. Gordon Levitt killed off screen early on and his pal Marion was killed on screen, but not worthy of anything. No. And that is it up until we get to this point and we see yeah. Alan from Jumanji get killed off screen. Because his is a cutaway as well, isn't it? He yeah. goes to stick his hand, he gets a bottle opener out. We see CGI Myers. And then it comes and, to black. Yeah, yeah. And then so the next thing you that. see of him is when he comes down to the dumbwaiter. Yeah, and then the next thing we get with um, Grungy Sydney is he's attacking her. I think he stabs. I think he kills her on screen. But you don't. Ish. You only get like the you get her point of view of looking up at Myers as he yeah. stabs her in the chest. Yeah. But that, what he does afterwards is phenomenal. And it, a scene it that is. stuck with me for fucking time. That man. scene is brilliant. And to be fair to Myers, he achieved something that Ghostface has never managed to achieve. He killed Sidney Prescott. He did. He did. And not only did he kill Sidney Prescott, but he started home decor with her as well. Yes, he did. So this is where uh, Hartnett and Casey Becker find the bloodbath in the kitchen. Um, yep. There's no one. There's just blood everywhere, but no one there because we know Bob Myers likes to move bodies and position him round. Um, they enter the storage cabinet cupboard and she's hanging from the light and like sparking and uh, it looks brilliant. So what he's done is he's hollowed out her chest. There's a big hole in her chest and he's fed the light fitting through her mouth into her stomach and hung her from the ceiling with her like mangled, twisted leg just dangling, like barely hanging on by a yeah. few tendons. And they turn the light on. The light comes on in her stomach, like some sort of Ed Gein light fitting. It looks yeah. insanely good. So yeah. cool. So it's cool. a really gross E.T. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it looks it looks insane. I it does really, like again. Brilliant. It's just like it shows great potential of the kind of things that they could have achieved with this film had they committed to it better. Because everything had, else is done off screen. Yeah, had they had a decent script, decent writer, and a decent cast, the things they could have achieved. Wow. Yeah, because the ideas there. 
Yeah, the idea is there. Um, they see Myers outside, but this is where Myers turns into H4 Myers. So he chases them out, they run away, and then he teleports and appears in front of them. And he jumps. He jumps off a fucking hillside. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> uh, it's so bad. I mean, he, he, he stabs Hartley in the leg, and then Casey hits him with a rock, and they run away. And they get to a gate, and it's locked. They manage to unlock the gate, and then she drops the keys, like the side of the gate that Myers is. But instead of him picking up the keys, which we know he can use because he uses them in cars, he decides to sling his arms through the bars and like flail wildly at them with a knife. Yeah, but then again, he does eventually decide to go for the keys, and this is the scene that I was talking to earlier about how it transitions between good mask and bad mask. So... You get the Myers mask that we see throughout all of it, but then when he bends down to pick the keys up, he's got bad Myers mask on. Yeah. And then when he comes up again, he's got good Myers mask on. And then when he looks down to the keys to try and open the gate, he's got bad Myers mask on. It's fucking weird. It's really, really jarring. And it's one of those scenes where unless you were paying attention, you wouldn't notice it. But as soon as you notice it, you will never be able to unsee it. Yeah, you you can't unsee it once you've seen it. And as Myers gets through the gate, Laurie opens the door and shuts the door on Myers. And this is where we'll get what I'd probably refer to as the iconic shot of the movie, which yes. is Myers looking through the round pane glass and Laurie looking back. Yeah. And it's a great shot. looks great on posters, but that's about it. Um, yeah. Laurie looks down to get a gun and then Myers disappears. Yeah. This is where Laurie goes full final girl mode. She locks Hartnett in his bad hair and his scream rip-off girlfriend in the cupboard before taking her boyfriend through the halls to hunt for Michael. Her boyfriend is so stupid. Yes. He's got the gun and he shoots Ronnie. He's about as good a shot as, as uh, Dewey from Scream. Yeah, but he shoots Ronnie. What? How would you confuse Ronnie with Myers? Does he shoot Ronnie, though, or does he just shoot aimlessly and then the light fitting falls on Ronnie's head? No, he shoots Ronnie. Does he actually get shot? Yeah, he actually shoots, shoots Ronnie in the shoulder. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, apologies. I, I thought he was just being an idiot, and then he shoots wildly, and then the light fitting falls from the ceiling and hits Ronnie on the head. No, he shoots Ronnie, but it's fine, because we get Dollar Tree Jeffrey Dean Morgan um, is killed by Myers, who's obviously now got an electrified knife, because when he stabs him, he jiggles like he's had a 1,000 volts put through him for about this 10 is... seconds. This is a callback to Halloween too, when he kills um, the nurse. The I, yeah, I can't remember the name of the nurse, but he stabs her in the back with a scalpel and lifts mm -hmm. her up off the floor. Myers isn't this strong. He isn't this strong of a guy, and especially Myers in Halloween Twenty as well, because this dude looks about five foot six. Yeah, um, and it, it it just it feels weird. It feels weird. Yeah, I after this, Myers stalks them through the grounds until um, they get to a car. They drive down to the gates where Laurie sends the two kids off, leaving us one-on-one, -on -one, um, where she grabs an axe from the, the front gate. Um, there is a huge amount of scenes copied, literally shot for shot from The Shining, but I'm going to let it go. I'm going to oh, let it go because I can't go, go through them. So she gets the axe, and as she's walking up through the school grounds, she's dragging the axe behind her. She's limping slightly. And I just look at it, I go, this is The Shining. And then there's a bit where she swings the axe up and it's literally, it's the fucking exact same walk as Jack Torrance. It's like, what are you doing? 
she looks um she's very much kitted out now like the uh final gal from Savini's re- is it- no Savini's remake of um Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Dawn of the Dead or is it Day of the Dead? Is, is it Day no not Day of the Dead, which is the one with Tony Todd? That's Dawn of the Dead. Is that Dawn of the Dead? I think so. Safini remake. Yeah, yeah. She's, she basically looks exactly the same as a character from that. Short hair, ripped sleeve on one side, carrying an axe, little bandage on her shoulder. They like they look identical. You put the two side by side, they look the same character. Yeah, and she's stomping around the grounds going, here's Johnny. Um, <laughs> there's lots of walking down halls, and we get a bit of a bit of a fight where he cuts her, she hits him with the axe, and then he goes and hides, and then she goes and hides. Um now, you had an issue with some table-flipping scenes in Christmas, Bloody Christmas. How do you feel about Myers' table-flipping scene here, where he I does exactly... Oh, really? <laughs> I fucking love it. And I knew you were going to call me out on that as well. <laughs> uh, the, the biggest question I've got, though, is why are they in the Great Hall from Harry Potter? Because <laughs> they're deciding whether Michael Myers belongs in Slytherin or not. Uh, he's um, definitely in Slytherin. <laughs> I like this. I like this scene where she's hiding under the tables and Myers is stomping across the top of them and then he jumps down and he's flipping tables to try and find her and she's she's scurrying away. Um, I thought this was really cool. It's very it's very tension-filled. She's throwing knives around left, right and centre. It's, it's, it's a very good final act. It is a very good final act. It's a good uh, showdown. It's a worthy showdown for these two characters, I felt. I have issues with the knife throwing. Because the knife throwing is just like, she's not even like trying it. She's like, you know when you like half throw like a pillow for your kid to catch it? Like really yeah, but that's gen- what I'm saying. Like she's not Gordon Green, Rambo, Jamie Lee Curtis. Like it, it, <laughs> why the fuck would she be good at throwing knives? No, I, I suppose so. And the thing is, this whole thing is set up to for her to lead him to the balcony. And she leads him to the balcony where she pops out on him, stabs him multiple times. <laughs> And then pushes him off and he goes through a table in what I can only describe as looks like a WWE style. He goes 20 yeah. foot down and like this table, like concertinas, like a dub. I expected someone to come in and go one, two, three, he's out. Or just a rock appear at the balcony and he's like, can you smell what the rock is cooking? If, if I, I'd have taken J.B. Lee Curtis saying, can you smell what Laurie's cooking? <laughs> um, she walks down to check he's dead. Um, end credits? No, no, because we're we've got just over we're only just over an hour. There's half an hour to go. Uh, Laurie's about to stab him again, and then Ronnie stops her, and the cops arrive. And I was like, ah, oh, credits going to roll now? No, because the closing scene we get the scream crime scene from the end of every scream movie outside, um, and Ronnie is now writing a thriller which I thought was brilliant and I'd love to see that movie over this movie no no this is this is still alright we're still alright at the moment what happens next is honestly this is this is my biggest what happens next is a fucking joke no so, way surely to god this is this is quite good writing as far she, as this film seems so he far. steals the mortician's van at fucking gunpoint and yeah. drives Michael off into the big bad world. Um, as he wakes up, she slams on the brakes, sending him through the windscreen. Brilliant. Great. Perfect. Just what you want from a final girl. I like the way that he's opening, like he's waking up, isn't he, in the back of the mortician van in the, in the yeah. body bag. It's really cool. Yeah, the, the, this bit's cool. What happens next? What's the actual fuck? 
She sits there and goes, get up, get up, get up. And when he stands up, great. She's going to run him over. I'm happy with that. She doesn't run him over. She drives the pair of them off a fucking cliff. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, she's got a job to do, hasn't she? She's got to take him out. Which is fine. He's crushed down the bottom with the van. She has not got a single mark on her. She then gets out, approaches Miles, where she, Myers, where she finds the conveniently finds the axe that she had on her way down. She yeah. then does this weird thing where she touches hands with him, like an ET phone home moment, before she takes his head clean off with the axe. End credits. Thank God. What's your beef? It's fucking dreadful. <laughs> And, on, uh, uh, and we get end credits. We get the noise X, Mr. Sandman playing. It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you could tell that my roundup of this is going to be particularly harsh. Um, but before we get there, we're going to try our new feature, which is called Hot Takes. So, Hot Takes. Uh, Wolfman's got Nards. Second best movie in the franchise. The best sequel in the franchise. Uh, Wolfman's Got Nuds, an excellent YouTuber who's still undergoing counselling after meeting Market for Love of Horror this year. <laughs> Last year. <laughs> oh, man, fucking hell. It's nice to see him taking part, though. And I know he's a massive Halloween fan, so he has a lot of credibility when it comes to his ranking of these films. So if he's saying it's the second best in the franchise... Well, anyway, he's, he's obviously wrong because Halloween Four is the second best in the franchise. But yeah, he's not uh, far off. Top shelf horror, better than the Halloween trilogy. Uh, this is R. Lee. Uh, he does top shelf drinks inspired by horror movies, and they're fucking awesome and lethal as well. So he'll do like a phantasm cocktail, and that phantasm cocktail will actually kill you. Um, uh, he's, he's also um, also one third of the Ghoul Kids Table podcast with Chunky Larry. Uh, Chainsaw Chicken Barbecue. I could shred this movie for longer than its actual runtime. Um, I told him I was going to do that, and he replied by saying, "Show it no mercy." Um, and he's a creator from Aberdeen Fear Factory, and he does movie quality props and stage sets, and they are fucking amazing. I mean, really, really, really great. Diabolic Studios. Fun fact, a copy of this movie was placed in Michael's pocket just before he was tossed in the shredder. <laughs> um, and he's a mouse creator and a really good one. Uh, some of his Myers pieces are exceptional. I mean, some of the stuff he's done with, like a bog standard, I don't know, $10 Myers mask makes it into like a $400 screen love- accurate replica piece. So good. Yeah. I love the talent of the people who could do that with reholes and they could take such like a crappy bargain bin version of a mask and like just shred its hair off, put new hair on it, fuck about with the latex a bit, repaint it, and it just looks outstanding. It's a fucking talent, man. It's a talent. To Absolutely to awesome. Uh, we've got Strange Form. Ronnie's stories were awesome and Sherry was a dream crusher. Um, Strange Form is in, a really good YouTuber um, does lots of horror merch and unboxings and well worth a subscribe um, on that point someone who's constantly crushing your dreams and use negativity um, use it as motivation the amount of people who told me I was wasting my time when I started this show um, in February we're in year three of the You Run podcast wow. so don't let negativity bring you down, turn it into positivity 
And speaking of positivity, if you want to leave us a five-star review, you could do that on Apple or Spotify. Uh, it takes a few seconds, but it makes a huge difference to the show. And that was a really sweet transition. I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that. That was all right. That was all right. It was definitely yeah. some of your better work. It was definitely some of my better work. <laughs> uh, we're really grateful for reviews. Um, if you're in a position to support the show financially, there's two ways you can do that. You can buy something from our shop, yourunpodcast.com. Big neon sign says shop. Click on that. takes you to all of our merch and other stuff we want to sell um or order a personalized podcast any movie you want is 50 pounds or 50 dollars because i can't be asked to work out the conversion rate um pick a movie jaws silence the lambs deep blue sea deep blue sea deep blue sea Sea, child's play (laughs) literally anything you want doesn't even have to be horror so if you want love actually or i don't know romancing the stone Anything oh, like I'd that. love to get you to do Lord of the Rings. Oh, I might even pay myself to get us to do Lord of the Rings. That would be awesome. Lord of the Rings. Uh, do you know... Extended uh, edition. What the, the, well, that's fine, because we won't be doing it till next year, because it's about 39 hours long. <laughs> um, but you can do that, and all you need to do to do that is DM me or DM Mark, and we'll tell you how to how to get that arranged. Um, it probably be safer to DM Scott, as I'm terrible. Yes. Um, when I first started the show a uh, long, long, long time ago, season one, I used to do a section called Facts and Fuck Ups. And over time, that just become facts. Uh, I'm pleased to announce that Fuck Ups are back. And I have a good selection of both for this movie. <laughs> um, fuck Ups were purely inspired by this movie. I was like, they need to come back. There's so many. How could I not <laughs> mention them? Um, so... LL Cool J has always been a huge fan of Halloween movies. Um, his mother took him to see the original when he was nine years old. Wow. So no wonder sat- he wanted to knock his mama out. Yeah. <laughs> um, LL Cool J's line, comb your hair, was ad-libbed because he thought Josh Hartner's haircut looked fucking dreadful. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. I, I like the fact they kept that in. I hope that Josh Hartnett was really got offended by that as well. <laughs> oh, it must have been so cool to just sit there and be like, ah, oh, yeah, Comb that your was hair. hilarious. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Such a bird. Such a did, bird. I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> do, do you reckon when they called cut, he like strutted off going, fucking teach him. Comb his hair. <laughs> uh, before he knew Jamie Lee Curtis was involved, Josh Hartnett wasn't sure he wanted to audition for Halloween 7 saying, is that going to be some straight-to-video or some straight-to-hell sh- straight shit that I don't want to be involved in? Would you like to have seen him come back? No. No? No. Any particular reason? The, the hair. <laughs> but if if he'd have got a haircut, <laughs> would you like to see his be like the continuing story? Yeah, I, do, do you know, I wouldn't I... have mind if they'd have included him in the Green Trilogy if they'd have made him a character in that and killed him maybe in part two, I think that would have been good. If they'd have killed him in kills and left the three girls alive, I think that would have set up a better Halloween ends. Yeah. Um, Still not over ends. No, I did. Uh, this is Janet Lee's first feature film in 18 years. Uh, previous fi- theatrical film was the fog in 1980, which also starred her daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis. And I watched that for the first time the other week. It's so cool. Such a good really? Film. That that needs to get on the show at some point. I love that yeah. film. 
Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis's relationship in that's weird as fuck. But hopefully yeah. we can get we can take a deep dive into that if it gets on the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, during a 2018 interview with Variety, Jamie Lee Curtis said Halloween 20 started out with the best intentions, but ended up just being a money gig. It had some really good things. It talked about alcoholism, trauma, and all these deep things that I wanted to get involved in. But I'll be honest, after three weeks on set, I ended up just doing it for the paycheck. Yeah, and to be fair, Carpenter was originally signed on to direct this, which is why she signed on, as far as I'm aware. She was coming back because Carpenter was involved, and then he dropped out, but she'd already signed the contract and had no choice but to stay. Do you know what she refers to this movie as? No. Field of Screams. Field of Screams. (laughs) And she refers to that because if you make it, they will come and watch it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The original working title for this was Halloween 7, The Revenge of Laurie Strode. Oh, that's dire. Awful. (laughs) Um, There's a newspaper clipping uh, shown in the opening scene which states that Laurie Strode died in a car accident. It says that she was a survivor of the Halloween murders in 1968. No, that's not true. No, well, when when did she survive, Mark? (laughs) 1978. 1978. It was a typo and spotted in editing, but they decided it was easier to leave it in than to edit it out. Wow. Yeah, shocking. Um, It's never really explained how Michael located Marion after 20 years, Um, nor does it explain how he didn't locate her any sooner than 20 years. It took him exactly 20 years to track down Marion. Well, he didn't track down Marion, did he? He tracked down Loomis. She was just at his house. Yeah, but it didn't explain why it took him 20 years. But no, no point does it give any kind of backplot to Myers at all. He's just, oh, I found you. Yeah, but just because, isn't it? <laughs> needs to. Needs to. Movie's got a movie, mate. Um, <laughs> Myers' first scene in the movie shows him wearing the mask, but at no point is it ever disclosed where he got it. Right, okay, you're not, you're not, you're not being nice right now. <laughs> I've, I've got one more. I've got one more. Um, so you know where they do the... Um, electrocuting of the budget Jeffrey Dean Morgan where he's like yes. jiggling um, pause that scene when they pan back and they show Myers lifting him clean off the ground because you can clearly see the wires that are about as thick as my little finger holding him in the air can you really? It's <laughs> <laughs> is so obvious as well I, I literally paused it and laughed a lot oh that's terrible that's terrible this movie is nothing more than a badly conceived studio cash grab, which has been openly admitted by Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, a cash grab isn't necessarily a bad thing. And there's lots of cash grab movies that I fully buy into, but this one I don't. Um, there are gaping plot holes all over the place. I find the acting wooden and unrelatable. All of the scenes are off kill. Off all of the all of the scenes are off kill. All of the kills are off screen. Um, it feels cheap and rushed it's packed with pointless scenes that this movie could have been told cohesively in 40 minutes easily as you cut all these extra scenes out Uh, it's shameful attempts to be meta stepping out of its lane missed by a mile for me Uh, excluding the scene with Janet Lee, honestly is the highlight of the movie for me Um, Halloween franchise is plagued by some piss poor sequels and some bad reboots. But this for me, as much as I don't want it to be, because I know Mark really likes this, as much as people like 
think of me and Mark like arguing. I don't. I don't like bashing on what he loves. It's still the worst in the franchise for me. No way. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the least amount of effort delivered. Um, and it's not Seed of Chucky or Idle Hands bad. It's genuinely not. Um, it has got some shining moments. Some of the scenes, like where you get the girl hanging and she's got the light bulb in her chest, look great. Some of the setup scenes where you get Myers stalking Ronnie are really good. The overall premise for it is great. I just think it's badly delivered. Um, it's still in spitting distance of Seed and Chucky. Um, it's a four out of ten. Um, that is a point for Ronnie. That is two points for Janet Lee. It's a point for convincing Jamie Lee Curtis to put her name to it. And that is pretty much where I am with it. I really dislike it. I'm sorry, Mark. I just, it's shit. Right. You have to feel the wrath of the consequences of your actions. I I'm said ready. to myself going in, I said, I was like, this little fucking dickhead, if he gives this a score any less than six, he's getting a quiz. I'm so sorry, what now? Yeah, you're getting a quiz. You rank this lower than a six, and you're getting a quiz. Fuck Welcome off. to my show, bitch. Really? <laughs> really. I don't have a title for this quiz, though, so let's call it Who Wants to Be the Weakest Link Chase Edition? Welcome to my world, bitch. I'm not interrupting anything, am I? Come to daddy. Your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. Dinner with us. You like it, cheese. My brother makes it real good. You like it. Kill her, mommy. Kill her. Don't let her get away, mommy. Don't let her live. I won't. I won't. That's about the best I could come up with off the top of the cup. You, hey, you man, know what? you've got consequences for your actions. You know I'm poorly, right? Yeah, fuck you, man. Pay the piper. Okay, right. Yeah, fucking right. How many? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Right, okay. The rules are simple. There's 15 questions. These are all multiple choice questions from start to finish. There is not a case of you get one wrong and you're out. We're going to play all 15 questions and we will get to the end and we'll see how you do. These are a broad scope of horror knowledge and we will put it to the test as punishment for your disrespectful nature towards the Halloween franchise on this episode. And in case anyone's wondering... This is not pre-planned because I'm looking at Mark now and all that he must feel the venom and fucking <laughs> anger coming from my eyes. <laughs> the thing is, uh, I know that you promised me that I would face no more quizzes this year. So I was like, this one's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. Okay, right, I'm ready. Question number one. In the Omen in 1976, who and what is Damien's real mother? You've got Jackal, Satan, God or Nanny? Nanny. That is incorrect. The answer is a jackal. Oh, fuck. Okay. Be better. Be better. Not Question number two. No, it's not a good time. In fact, I should probably write down your scores. as we go. Let me just grab a pen. I'm poorly. I'm getting none out of 15. <laughs> don't use your illness as an excuse. I you definitely... deserve this. I don't think I do. Yeah, you definitely do. Is right. this how Question... you feel when I get you a broken spirit? This kind of... I feel kind of... I feel like I've been, like, violated... Yeah, yeah. Welcome to my world. <laughs> it's not very nice. <laughs> Question number two. In Scream 1976, who was the first person to be killed by Ghostface? You've got Casey okay. Becker, the principal, Steve Orr, or Billy Loomis? 
Well, it came out in 1996, not 1976. Did I say 76? You did say 76. Who were my I don't options know if I again? Did. I don't know if I did. I think you just lost hearing no, you, you, because of you, your elders. You, you did. Who were my options? Casey Becker, the principal, Steve Orris, or Billy Loomis? Steve Orris. That is correct. Well done. You have... I want to say one point, but I'll give yeah, you 10 well, points. I'll, I'll uh, give you 10 points. We'll do 10 points. We'll stick with tradition. Question number three. In Carrie 1976, what punishment did Carrie's bullies receive for making fun of her after gym class in the locker room? No prom, a week's detention, Carrie kills them, or they have to apologise? Carrie kills them. No, that is incorrect. They have a week's detention in the gym. Oh, fuck. Question number four. In the cult classic Sleepaway Camp in 1983, what is the name of the camp the kids attend? Is it Camp Arawak? Camp Arawak. Oh, let me finish my answers, please, sir. It's Camp Arawak. (laughs) I know I'm right. Keep going. Well done. That's another 10 points. Question number five. How many Halloween films has Jamie Lee Curtis appeared in? You've got five, six, seven, or eight. Uh... Are we counting her appearance where she's not on screen and she's just talking? No. No. I should be doing this out loud, but my brain won't allow me. (laughs) I'll cut it down in editing. What are my options? Five, six, seven or eight. Seven. That is correct. Well done. That's another ten points. So yeah, it's um You've got Halloween one, Halloween two, Halloween H twenty, Halloween Resurrections, and you've got Halloween eight. Three Gordon Green. You've got the Gordon yeah. Greens, kills and ends. Um question number six. In the original nineteen in the original Nightmare on Elm Street nineteen eighty four, where did Wes Craven get the idea for the name of Freddy Krueger? Was it a sibling, a school bully, a mean school teacher? Bully. Well, that's correct. Well done. That is another ten points. That gives you forty points. So, question number seven. In The Exorcist 1973, what is the nickname... What nickname does Reagan give to the... Caps and Howdy. Caps. Fucking... Let me finish that question. (laughs) Well done. Another ten points. Question number eight. In the Saw franchise, from 2004 to 2010-ish, depending on where we are with the question, um, what is John Kramer's ailments? What is he suffering from? Is it Uh, lung cancer? Lung cancer. Lung cancer, brain tumour, dementia or heart disease? Lung cancer. No, it's not. He's suffering from a brain tumour. Is he really? He is indeed. So you don't get a point for that, unfortunately. Um, Question number nine. In Psycho 1960, where does Norman Bates hide Marion Crane's belongings after murdering her? Is it the basement, under the motel grounds, the walls of her hotel room or in a sunken lake? In a sunken lake. That is correct. Well done. Another 10 points. <coughs> Question number 10. And, and speaking of Psycho, what material is used to create the blood in the now infamous shower scene? Is it cherry syrup, corn syrup and red food colouring, chocolate sauce or paint and water? Chocolate sauce. How do you know that? How do you know mm-hmm. that? Well done. I was completely expecting <laughs> you to get that wrong. <laughs> And it blew my mind that they used chocolate sauce to do that because obviously it's a black and white film, so you wouldn't know what colour the, the blood effect was at the time. I'm not sure if I forgive you for this, by the way. 
It's all right. I don't expect you to. Bro- I broken, know broken I spirit is making a return fucking shortly. I expected it to, which is why I've done what I've done today. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say to that. I feel hurt. <laughs> I knew it was coming, and I knew you was like, I can't do anything for the rest of the year because I promised I wouldn't. So I was like, this is going to be the last episode that I get to do anything before he comes back with a vengeance. Well, anyway, how am I doing? <laughs> uh, you are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 70 points out of 10 questions. So you got three wrong. So you're doing all right. You're doing all right. Okay, I'm ready. Question number 11. In the Orphan 2009, what is Esther... Issa, Isabella Furman's real age in the movie. Is it 22, 33, 35, or 40? 22. That is incorrect. She's 33. Really? Yeah. I was blown away by that myself as well. Um, <clears throat> question number 12. In I Know What You Did Last Summer from 1997, apologies, what holiday were the kids celebrating the night they accidentally hit a person in the street? Was it high school graduation, Memorial Day, the 4th of July, or spring break? I want to say the 4th of July, but I'm going to go with graduation. Ah, that is incorrect. It was the 4th of July. should have stuck with your guns. Um, Question number 13. What was the first horror movie to win an Oscar for best makeup? The Exorcist. Let me give you the answers. Okay. Was it The Fly? Hellraiser, American Werewolf in London, or Day of the Dead? Oh. You sure you still want to go with The Exorcist, my friend? No, I'm going to go with American Werewolf in London. (laughs) That is correct. I fucking should never have finished that question. Uh, Question number 14. What is Leatherface's family name in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise? Is it Sutton, Hopper, Hewitt, or Sawyer? Hewitt. That is incorrect. It is the oh, Hewitt Sawyer. in the remake, and it is the Sawyer, Sawyer in the original. And I'm Fact. sorry, but I have to take your first answer. That's fine. <laughs> question number 15, and your final question of the game. What mo- What's the movie poster tagline for the 1985 horror movie House? Is it Knock Knock Who's There? If Only the Neighbors Heard? Ding Dong You're Dead? Or Take the Stairs? What was the first one? Knock knock who's that? Second one was if only the neighbors ding, heard. Ding, ding dong, you're dead. Ding dong, you're dead is correct. Well done. Yay! And that is your final question. And you have scored one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That gives you a score of ninety out of a possible one hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's okay. not bad considering you're ill. Consider I'm ill and I didn't have any idea that was coming. No, I never have any fucking idea that it's coming either. You get what you are given. The thing is, though, when I do it to you, I've already created intro music, and all. I now have to create intro music for your brand new quiz. Yeah, but I, what was the name of my quiz? Who wants to be a weakest link? Chase edition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I, I'm pretty sure that will resurge. That's going in polls for people to pick the guests. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was the best I come up with at the time. Well, I, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with 90 points. Do you want to give your roundup of the movie now you've um, now you've violated me and touched me in ways I didn't want to be touched today? I will indeed, yes. Um, Halloween H2O is 
for me, a massive nostalgia bump. I know that my opinion on this film is based on nostalgia and based on my love of 90s slashers. Um, it's not perfect. It's heavily flawed from start to finish. I think we spend at least 80% of the film without even seeing a single interaction from Michael Myers, let alone seeing a single kill on screen. Um but it for me was an introduction into horror. It was my first introduction into the to the slasher sort of genre of the nineties. I remember someone having a VHS copy of this on tape and me borrowing it, braving my work, braving putting my foot into the water, if you will, into horror, like being a, a young teenage boy and hiding behind a pillow and, and this being one of the films that I watched and um I loved every single minute of it from that day, and I still love every single minute of it now. I think, personally, for me, this is the best iteration of Laurie Strode's character. Um, she's the best Jamie Lee Curtis has been in this character since the original. Uh, it's got its problems, yeah, but I think the handling of her character and the progression that she's made from the first two installments and where she is now makes sense logically. The mask stuff with Myers is dreadful. This is probably one of the worst iterations of Michael Myers as well, but not just on screen, but like the actual performance from an actor. I think it's terrible. It's really, really fucking pantomime-y. Um, but I love it. I love it. And I watch it every Halloween season because the aesthetics of this film is Halloween. It, it, it encapsulates that so well. Um the autumnness, the brown leaves, the, the Halloween season. The only thing that I think it's really, really lacking, which is a big misstep, is is the involvement of pumpkins throughout this film. I think had a few more pumpkins been thrown in throughout the set design, this would have would have looked a lot better. Um, I have no issue with the acting or the casting. I think everyone does a great job, regardless of what you might think, Scott. I think their interactions together and their on-screen performances work really, really well together. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't show a lot of on-screen kills and it, and it misses the mark quite a lot of the way through. Um, but I can't help but love it. I can't help but love it. And my score is always based on my enjoyment and not a critical standpoint. So on my own my own enjoyment of this film, it's going to be a 4.5 out of 5. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 4.5 wow. out of 5 for Halloween H2O. It is... The third best in the franchise behind the original and Halloween 4. Wow. Um, if you do want to watch this movie that me and Mark wildly disagree on, uh, it's available if you've got a subscription with Netflix or Sky in the UK. Uh, and in the US, it's available with a subscription to Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> oh. And you can rent this literally everywhere else. Uh, we are back on Friday with Horror Movie News, where we keep to up, you up to date with the most relevant things in horror. Um, and you can catch us here next Monday when we review the next movie you've chosen for us, which is Smile. I'm excited for Smile. I feel like we'll have a lot to talk about with this film. There's a lot to talk about in Smile. Um, Smile might be the only episode we ever do that comes with a disclaimer because of the topics it covers. Yes. It's a very, yeah, well, we'll get into it next week, but but that's next week. Um, As Mark is no longer doing a movie quote because none of you arseholes wanted to play with him. No, you don't fucking play my games. That's not fair. No no one wants to play Mark's game. So, Mark, you're going to have to find a new way to sign us off without just saying bye. Be a bit inventive. be, Be a bit creative and say goodbye for us. 
oh, I feel like I should have prepared for this moment. How I think I, I think you should have known this was coming. I should have known this was coming. <laughs> you definitely should have known this was coming. <laughs> I literally have no sign up. I have nothing to to. Oh, what can I do instead of my standard quote? Um, I with. have nothing. I have nothing other than goodbye. However, however, next week I will bring something insightful. And I will bring something creative. And I will try and do something that will engage everybody with my sign-off. So I failed you last year. I will not make that mistake again. Okay. Well, and, until that wonderful moment. Where we <laughs> I'm really fucking proper overhyped that then now. Yeah. I have nothing to bring next week. <laughs> yeah, literally next week, everyone is skipping the whole episode just to get to see what you say at the end. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And we'll catch you all next week. Cheers, guys. See you next week. Before you forget, you want to die tonight? The cheaper, nastier, the better for me. Would you have stayed after this? Sorry, man, I was completely off guard there. He's in his coffin. He's the undead. This was the best day of the film. This is not the last time someone's going to steal your man. Yeah, Mark's not a nice guy. But you didn't notice this scene. It looks like he's got an extra leg. Yeah, I've got nothing. I've literally got nothing here. Surely that'd be even worse. The more listeners we have, the worse that's gonna be. Yeah, but I would just get a new phone. Oh, I tell a lie, actually. Yeah, because we used to have um, Teletext. Art the Clown makes Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees look like pussies. I can only assume that this was due to budgetary reasons and they couldn't afford enough extras. Are you gonna have Buster Rhymes in your list of characters? Mate, I can't believe you don't know Idle Hands. I'm gonna ram my foot down his fucking throat. It was awesome. It fucking wasn't <laughs> awesome.